than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyla here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we have one of our favorite guests, part-time owner of the Packers, Cole Jackson. He's here to help us break down Thursday night football between the Rams and the Seahawks. We preview some of the marquee matchups in college football. Then we preview week five of the NFL. We give our locks of the week, and then Kyler and I give you the four-leg parlay of the week that will not miss. We're excited to announce this episode is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Throwing, the premier axe throwing location in the middle of Paradise in Hochitown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire group, tossadaxe.com. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere you can find us at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you can get your podcast, even on your Alexa devices. Remember to rate, review, share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with the woman at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, share us with your neighbor that's mowing his lawn for the first, for the last time of the season. Ask him if he's listening to Burst Your Bubble while he's, while he's mowing his yard. Thank you guys so much for listening, but remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Cole, it is great to have you on the show today, man. How's uh, how's it been going? Doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. The first time, the first time we had you on, you were down in Miami. Where are you at now? Uh, I'm still in Houston. So I moved to Houston about a year ago. Been in Houston ever since, uh, due to the onset of COVID and everything. You know, had to make a change. Got closer to home, and now finally got to where I wanted to be. So part of Mills Mafia now, huh? What's that? Part oh, of Mills, no, no, no. Mills Mafia now. No, 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 not down here. Davis Mills, uh, I think everybody's just w- still wishing, holding on to that hope that Deshaun just wakes up one day and says, hey, I want to come play for you guys, but I don't think that's ever happened. So. Is it the hope that everyone wants Deshaun to play, or is it that he doesn't want to go to jail? Like, what's, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, you oh. never know. I'm not sure. <laughs> so Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure that they wouldn't uh, comment on an ongoing investigation anyway, so we're all exactly. just spinning our wheels. So let's move on, guys, to a Thursday night football, Rams-Seahawks. Uh, it was a wonderful game. Uh, Russell Wilson left the game, unfortunately, with a finger injury. and he, Now he is in jeopardy. He's never missed an NFL start. Um, he's not in jeopardy to, to have that streak snapped next game, next week. I forget who they're playing. But the Seahawks end up losing this game, a game where uh, Geno Smith had a chance to make a comeback in the last possession. Uh, threw a pick, Tyler Lockett. Josh, your guy fell down. Didn't need him for a parlay or something? Uh, I did need a touchdown out of Tyler Lockett, but I'm going to blame that on Russell Wilson's finger. Russell mm. Wilson's finger sold on me tonight. Kyle, you said you just uh, – I know you're reading the injury report, you know, actually what happened, but his finger looked disgusting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all saw it. It hit Aaron Ramsey – or Aaron Donald. Sorry, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Hit Aaron Donald, and that guy is a monster. So, obviously, he wins the battle of the hands – and just completely knocked Russell Wilson's finger off. Ooh, yeah, that off? thing was broken, honestly. Oh, God, that finger was – I mean, it was hey, – I, I didn't see the injury. That's disgusting. Robert Woods, though. Hey, Robert Woods came to life tonight, huh? 12 receptions, 150 yards. It was a really good game for Robert Woods. The duo of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup until this year might have been one of the most underrated duos in the league. Have to, I'd have to agree with that, you know, and like Van Jefferson, him jumping in there as well here as of late. He's, I think last week he caught two touchdowns. So, 
you have that many weapons when you're surrounded by them. And then, you know, you just see it again tonight with Tyler Higby catching a touchdown. It's really one of those things that in a secondary like the Seahawks, that defense has never been the same ever since they paid Russ. They had to let a lot of those pieces go. And, you know, Pete Carroll and John Snyder have never been able to really rebuild it. And that's why they're kind of just in limbo with the team. I did see that there was the wide receiver coach. I heard this on the on the broadcast. The wide receiver coach of the Rams uh, has a game going, or he's officiating the game between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and they do a thing where they watch film and they give points based on things happening. And this is like how nitty-gritty these guys are. You get the same amount of points for a like a block where you knock someone over as you do a touchdown. Love it's like that. it's all of the dirty work things. And they said that Robert Woods was winning the battle right now between the two. Uh, but the wide receiver coach said, you know, it's not for any prize. It's just for it's just for bragging rights for the next week. I will guarantee you that Cooper earned some points tonight. He stepped, he threw a key block for Daryl Henderson that got him down inside the red into the red zone. He stepped into the box. He came on a, a shift coming from the left to the right. He went into the A gap on the right side. And he just completely blew up Jamal Adams, which is one of the premier run-stopping safeties in the league. And it was it was pretty impressive for a five ten white dude, probably weighs one hundred eighty five pounds, soaking wet. So yeah, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle too. I mean, that's a hell of a backfield they got there in Los Angeles. Cooper Hub giving hope to all the white men out there like ourselves. Hey man, he's he's as bony as I am, and it, it made me feel a little powerful. So. You know, Kyler, you, the the backfield there is good, but the backfield is kind of interesting to me because Darrell Henderson, I think this is his third year in the league, and he's finally getting the chance to get the start with the injury to Cam Akers early in the year. And then they bring in Sony Michelle, and this is the first game where Darrell and Sony have both played where it didn't seem like Darrell Henderson was the bell cow back, where Sony was actually getting a little bit more involved. You know, we saw it on the – one or two yard plunge Sony had uh, in the to get the touchdown. Cole, do you think that there is a shifting of the guards, more of a committee approach, or do you think uh, this is just kind of getting Henderson back in the groove of things after an injury? I think that is all just kind of falling in line. Like you never, you don't really see one of those bell cows anymore. That like you just mentioned, the only ones you see are the Zeeks, the uh, you know the Saquons, the guys who can really hold it down for every, you know, even with the Packers, like I know that I'm a huge Packers fan and everything, but the uh, LaFleur offense that Matt runs mm-hmm. for the Packers is a straight derivative from the Sean McVay offense. They hired him from specifically from the Rams. And it's, you see it with a premier back, just like Aaron Jones He's he could be a three down back, but they don't do that. They run a two back system that then, you know, they have Aaron, uh, they had Jamal Williams last year, and then they uh, – A.J. Dillon. They, yeah, A.J. Dillon mm-hmm. comes in, and he runs on the third down. So, it's one of those things that I think Sonny Michelle was that pickup piece to either be the first and second, and they just feel it out as they go. And, you know, tonight was Daryl Henderson's night, and then Sonny Michelle cleaned it up, like you said, with that little three-yard scamper into the end zone. But Seahawks have the Steelers next week, so I, even if you, Geno Smith has to get that start, I could see them getting that win on the road. Sunday Night Football, though, uh, at Pittsburgh. Um, we'll see who, who's the underdog there. If, if Pittsburgh's the underdog, yeah, but I'm Mike Tomlin. Uh, n- no, I will not be putting hey. any money on the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> until I see some, some yeah, progress. Is. But I, I want to go back to that play that you mentioned, Kyler, uh, about Tyler Lockett falling and Geno Smith throwing the right. pick. Right before that possession happened, 
we've seen I, I saw the worst time management by mm-hmm. Sean McVay that I've ever seen. That man spaced and just gave the ball back in an inexcusable position. The Seahawks should have went down and scored to win that game. That was a total, total mistake on Sean McVay. They pull out the win, which is good, but they there's no way that you attempt to pass on fourth down when you're up by six where you're at. You you trust your defense and you move on. That, that's inexcusable. I think with the defense just as good as they are too, you know, that's a top five defense in the league. Like yeah. I, I think that they are missing John Johnson a little bit. But, uh, you know, Fuller stepped in and he's kind of stepped into that role as a leader back there and it's really helped. But I, I once again, I agree with you 100 percent. Like you have one of the best defenses in the league. Trust it and let it go. You know, you're up six. You're, yeah, you're up exactly. six. Oh, all in all, though, really good game, guys. Really good great game. game. I mean, great from uh, finish to start, start to finish, I should say. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked about what time we were going to record this and. You know, Josh said, you know, y'all are always your y'all's games is always ahead of mine. So we have to wait until it's over to record because y'all always spoil it for me when, when we're trying to we're trying to record and watch the game. It, and OK, so we had to wait. It was a good game. We had to wait till the cool. end. It was worth it. OK, he's he's acting like I just did this out of the blue. No, it was he spoiled the Ravens uh, uh, Raiders game week one of the NFL. And mm-hmm. I, he just ruined it for me going Wait. down to the wire. And he goes, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, sorry, Josh. So I'm like, Connor, quit. Quit. I, I almost turned off my laptop. All right. Let's keep oh, you. Uh, uh, Cole, you been Dad. watching your baseball? Uh, a little bit, man. I, honestly, like ever since uh, I went to college and everything, I haven't really followed baseball that much. I used to be able to name all the farm systems and everything. But uh, I've, stu- I've stuck with the Astros a little bit. I could, you know, tell you everything about them, but that's about it. Well, they won tonight. They won 6-1 to one against the White Sox tonight in the first game. They of the did. Yes. And the Astros one through nine can club. Uh, I I don't know if you guys have watched mm-hmm. the Astros. They're they're not banging trash cans anymore either. So it's all legitimate. Uh, so what? You know, so what system are using now? <laughs> that's cl- disclosed in for that. We can't disclose okay. that. Okay. But uh, as a Houstonian, you know you got to hold it down. Gotta check but, the, uh, the New York Times next month. <laughs> I'm sure they'll figure it out. I don't know if you've ever seen Jordan Alvarez, though. though. That man can crush, you know, Michael Brantley, Yuli. Yuli stepped up ridiculously this year. He's, you know, he was their eighth hole hitter in their World Series year. And, you know, he was the batting champion this year. So Mm -hmm. just through and through, the, the whole lineup's just, they're ready and poised to make a run, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it seems like it's going to be uh, them versus the Rays. That would be my guess in the ALCS, and that's going to be an absolute, I'd say, a seven-game battle. Yeah. 20 uh, to 1 or 10 to 1 odds, too, to win the World Series. So, Mm, drop some money on that. That would be something to look at. Uh, Josh, sadly, your your Yankees um, uh, came up a little bit short. I mean, that that Civil War relic of a wall that they have in Fenway, tear it down. Keller, it uh, it was heartbreaking to watch that game. You know, I was on here – Pounding my chest about the Yankees, talking about how how we had it. It was uh, I, I guess I just have to live with this as a Yankees fan right now. Year in and year out, it seems we uh, just go head to head with Boston or one of these other divisional teams, and they just take us out of it. I will say that I hate the one game play in. I think I it do. is the dumbest thing. You don't do it in. You don't do it any other time. Don't do it then. I hate it. That's my only take. 
I do as well. But the one game play ins are a little ridiculous. I do understand the, you know, the kind of thought process behind it, but I still think that, you know, baseball is one of those things on any given day, anyone can lose. There's a reason they play 162 games as long as it is. I think it's ridiculous that they play 162 games, but there's a reason because you have to have that much of a link to figure out who's who and everything. So I want to ask you though, Josh, what did you think of Garrett Cole's performance? Like, you know, what do you think? I mean, he, I mean, they got, he got hit on quite a bit early, but I mean, overall, I think that he found it. I think he found his path a little bit better than he had been because he was going down on a little down streak uh, towards the end of the season. He was kind of stumbling a little bit. So I think he found what he was looking for a little bit in that game. I think it was just a little too late and it just got away from him. I think he might, he might have been able to get out of that inning. I'm not, I'm not worried about Garrett Cole, but uh, we're going to need to see some improvement in the offseason. You know, with the, uh, the tar, oh. the pine tar uh, rule change, it, they said that that's actually – his fastball and his curveball were two of the things that changed the most in the league. He, mm-hmm. had, he had the two highest pitches. The, the uh, rotations on his curveball changed the most in the league. And so I thought that that was very interesting. It's like, dang, like, was he – you know, using something or what was he doing? But uh, he he adjusted to it, and he was in the Cy Young for a while. So. Yeah, that's yeah. It was just towards that the second half of the season where he fell off. He kind of went through that little little slump. But I will say, this is the most baseball that we have talked on this podcast in a very long time. <laughs> Kyler has been trying to get me to talk baseball, and uh, I've not done it because I don't. I just I can't get interested. But it's playoff time. And even though the Yankees aren't in it, I will at least, Kyler, just for you, I will at least be checking some of the highlights and the scores so I can at least have a conversation. And now I'm talking a little more baseball moving to the NL. The Dodgers and the Giants are playing in NLDS and probably what they're the two best teams in baseball. It's the first time those two teams have ever played in the playoffs. I think I saw that stat somewhere. They both won, they won 106 on 107 games. That's ridiculous. Do we feel like the Dodgers, though, with the Dodgers? how much money they have spent. Yeah. And, I mean, let's think about it. The Dodgers and the Yankees have spent not just millions, but billions of dollars. And they're playing in the one-game playoffs to get – do we not feel like they should just be sitting in the playoffs waiting for the guys yeah. coming in? It's a little different, though, with the, with the Dodgers, though, right? Because they won 106 games. Well, I, I agree with that. That's pretty crazy that they're in the one-game playoff with 106 games. That's I'll, That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I do. I do agree with you with with the Yankees. I, I told uh, Josh that himself. The Yankees statistically aren't that good. They just hit a lot of home runs. And I told Kyler that it's the equivalent of shooting threes in the NBA. Would you rather have a double or a home run? Would you rather have a two or a three? Which is worth more? I'll oh, take the, the home per- run. The perfect example of that last night was Joey Gallo when his batting average is one ninety nine and he had like thirty five home runs. <laughs> Jesus, guys. All right, boys, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to quit the baseball talk. All right, I'm yeah, just, so uh, boxing. There's a big boxing match, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, the rubber match. Of course, the huge knockdown and the controversial draw in the first, in the first, in the first match. Tyson Fury dismantled Deontay Wilder in the second one. Uh, all types of excuses followed. The third match is on Saturday in Las Vegas, MGM Grand. Who you got, Cole? I'm going to go with Deontay Wilder. Okay. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Fast and Fury, I'm pretty sure, doesn't he have the reach on him? Isn't his reach a little longer? Six foot nine. Yes, sir. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, he's a champion. Wilder's a champion. And uh, I think that he's got something to prove. So I'm going to go with him. 
Okay. Don't know much about boxing, but yeah, Deontay Wilder has famously said that you know Tyson Fury needs to be perfect for 36 minutes, and he only needs and you know Deontay Wilder only needs to be perfect for one second. That is uh, very true. Exactly. But uh, Tyson Fury does have the ability, and he has proven it against a guy like Deontay Wilder that he has the ability to be perfect for 36 minutes. So we will see. But Josh, what is your prediction? Uh, first, I want to ask you guys: Do you guys know how tall Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are? I just said Tyson Fury six nine. And Deontay Wilder six seven. These guys are just mammoths of men, like <laughs> just huge. But I'm going to take Tyson Fury. I will take the favorite. Uh, I, I think that he's not going to need the entire fight to be perfect. I think that Tyson Fury is going to dominate for just enough to get it done. I think it goes. I think it goes uh, to another knockdown. I think Tyson Fury is going to win it with a knockout. One of these hard punches is just going to be slinging them back and forth. I'm I'm going to love every second of it. I, I, I mean, we're going to love this fight in any way it plays out. But I've heard one way that it uh, one way that Deontay Wilder could come out and really try and steal this fight is just come out in the first one first round second round third round and make it a complete firefight tell Tyson Fury oh you think you can stand with me you think you can handle my punches well then we're gonna fight right now we're not we're not gonna fill each other out for five or six rounds we're gonna fight right now at the opening bell I think if he does that he's got a pretty good chance but if he tries to box with the greatest boxer of all time who's also six foot nine weighs 280 pounds yeah he's gonna have a, he's gonna have some problems on his hand yeah, that's just not that's not the way that you have to go into a fight like that. You have to that's the only chance. I think that's a great call caller. I mean, that really is your only chance. You can't feel Tyson Fury out, but also you have to wonder at that point through the first two or three rounds, if you are turning it to a slugfest, you gotta think about the stamina for both these two mammoths of men. But yeah, it is going to be an exciting fight. Um, hopefully my guy can pull it out with that caller. Let us get into this ad read before we start talking about football. Guys, go follow us on all of your social media accounts. You've got TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at BurstYourBub on Twitter. We are at SportsBYBP. He's at Kyler012. I am at JKeaton022. Uh, go follow at BlueWirePods. That's a great network of podcasts. Kevin Jones and the company over there, they've got the uh, podcast studio in the Wind Casino in Vegas, the great partnership with, uh, uh, with Coors Light. So many great podcasts, Chris Long, Greg Olson, King Griffey Jr., The Spinsters, Haley Shaughnessy, so many great podcasts over there. Guilty as charged, the Chargers podcast. Uh, I've actually started to listen to them a little bit more, Collard. It was my hype on Justin Herbert and my coach of the year pick, Brandon Staley, is uh, getting better and better. So did I'm you, uh, checking out. Did you mention the Greenlight pod with Chris Long? Did you mention that? Yep, yep, Chris Long. That's my favorite podcast. Pod. He's done a really good job of uh, just introducing some things. So definitely check out all of the podcasts on Blue Wire Pods. Then go check out at Blue Wire Hustle. That's what Kyle and I are, are a part of, the up-and-coming network of podcasts. There's so many great uh, up-and-coming guys and ladies who are trying to enter the world of podcasting and getting to the entertainment business. Then go follow our family over at Unwrap Sports. They do so many great live streams, uh, Unwrap Bets, Unwrap Fights, everything that you can imagine. They have so many great uh, panels of guests. They do mock drafts. They do it all. And then last but not least, for all of your last-minute waiver wire ads, how to win your week, week in and week out, go follow our fantasy football expert, Shane, at FantasyBYB. With that, color, let's get to some football. We've got our first London game of the year, 8.30 in the morning, 7.30 our time. Jets and Falcons. What a – well, I mean, just what a game to wake up to, huh? 
This is going to be a complete snooze fest. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Atlanta is without Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Yeah, it's going to be a rough day for Matt Ryan. I actually think that the Jets are going to string together a run of two here. Oh, so you're going with the the, the Jets plus two and a half. Yeah, I didn't say they're going to cover. (laughs) uh, No, uh, I do like the Jets plus two and a half. I think that – they have a younger squad. I think they, they're going to travel better. I think that uh, the younger bodies are going to travel better, and it's going to be – from uh, everything I've heard about that London trip, it is a it is a struggle with every preparation, yeah. tra- the trip, all of that. Are they leaving super late or something like that, huh? Yeah. it's uh, And then you have to get up at, like, what is normally – and play football at nine your time, so you're getting up, like, super early comparatively to what you would normally be. I will I will say, Cole, I have learned uh, from a couple of people who have given me advice through my first four weeks of betting, uh, uh, making decisions on the NFL picks. And you broke one of the two sacred rules. Of course I did. (laughs) Uh, The the two rules that I've learned are don't bet on the Lions and don't bet on the Jets. So uh, take that as you will. I learned the Lions one last week hard. So because uh, uh, week in and week out, those two teams will screw you because you will think they will do great and they will just completely wet the bed. Or you think that they're going to wet the bed and they will just string together a win against Tennessee like the Jets did. So uh, do not bet on the Lions. Do not bet on the Jets. I actually don't hate the take of the Jets winning this game just because – uh, like I said, missing two of your best offensive weapons in Gage and Ridley. Matt Ryan has not been the Matt Ryan of old. He has been uh, – he's gotten better the last two weeks. Uh, he's looking better and better as time progresses, even if it's not on the stat line. I've, I, I think he's starting to look better. But Calvin is a big part of that success. I will say that a lot of people are saying that this is going to be the game that makes or breaks the first year of expectation for Kyle Pitts. What do you guys think? Uh, I think Kyle Pitts, you know, he's just still finding his groove. It's been a rough one, especially uh, – I don't think that he fits that system necessarily too well. They, they never utilized the tight end to begin with, and I think that it's been hard to find a spot for Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts is more so like one of those that – I honestly see Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver more than I see him as a tight end, you know. Like he's a slot tight end. Like he doesn't – he's – He's not big enough yet to be doing those chips and using them how you want to use him. Uh, you know, the way that uh, – I can't think of his name right now. Their head coach, the Falcons head coach. but uh, Arthur Smith? Arth- no, that's their owner. Um, uh, it's a new guy. It's a, yeah. it's a new coach. Uh, it's the FedEx guy, the CEO of FedEx. It's his son. Oh, Didn't that's going to bug that. me. But uh, anyway, he you know he likes in Tennessee they like to use those tight ends as blocking tight ends. They don't really use those or just on some naked boots or something like that. They don't use tight ends uh, like a Kyle Pitts is, was utilized at Florida. Uh, I think that Kyle Pitts in a scheme like Shanahan, if Shanahan was still there, Kyle Pitts would be probably winning the Rookie of the Year right now. He would be doing better than Jamar Chase, but. I just don't see it, and especially with them being out without Cal- Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, it's just going to be a struggle on offense. So, you got the name, Josh? Uh, it is Arthur Smith. Arthur oh. Smith is the son of Frederick Smith, the founder of FedEx. I feel terrible now that I didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you did. You did have the the son of the FedEx uh, owner right, so that is a good call by is you. The, is the owner Arthur Blank? Yeah, <laughs> that's then. That's what it is. Okay. 
uh, I, I would love, I wish we had a research team here, Josh. This is why we need a research team. Cause I'd love to know what the total has been like the past five years of games played in London. I mean, there's usually, I, I thought there was usually one or two each year, like one. No, so I, mean, like, like, I mean, like the, the total number of points scored in each game. Oh yeah. That, I mean, we need a research the, team. The over under is forty five, and I don't, I, can't, I just don't need to do that oh, research. Right no, now. I'm I'm hammering the under. There's no <laughs> there's no way that the Falcons score over twenty points. There's that in the Jets. You want me to trust the New York Jets to score over twenty points again? Well, Josh, maybe the defense doesn't travel. I don't know. Not a chance. Not no. What the is that over under? Forty five. Forty five. The last. There have been six out of the last eight teams to go that have scored over twenty points. So. Okay, okay, I I will accept that. But have any have any of those teams been the New York Jets? No, that is actually true. There is thank no. you, that, thank you. The Jets are not scoring twenty points. That is just not going to happen. And the Falcons' offense isn't going to make it. I mean, you're going to see a touchdown from Corey Davis this week. Michael Carter might scamper back into the end zone. Kyle Pitts and uh, Cordell Patterson might find a couple of touchdowns. But, no, I, you can have me hammering the under all day long. Sounds good. Lions at Vikings. Uh, Minnesota is now a 10-point favorite. This was a nine points earlier in the day. Some more money coming in on Minnesota. The over-under it is set at 49. Uh, I, the, I think all the Vikings cornerbacks have COVID. Um, the NFL <laughs> is covering it up, to be honest. Uh, I think this is a loser leaves town game, though. I think uh, this is Man Campbell versus uh, versus uh, Zimmer. I actually took the Vikings earlier this week at an eight cover. Uh, they were at eight on FanDuel Sportsbook to open the week, so I took them over the lines to cover. Even though they had offensive struggles last week, I do think that uh, I love Dan Campbell. Like I honestly do. I wish he would have been a part of any organization other than the Lions. because, as you know, the Lions are in the Packers division, so I wish nothing but hatred upon them. But Dan Campbell's an awesome dude. I feel like he brings great energy, and he does not let anybody. I think that he sets the tone of what a football team should be. I think he's a great coordinator. I mean, I think that, you know, the culture starts with the, the band up front, and if you want a good yeah. culture, you gotta have a you got to have it set. That's what a lot of people, like, you know, I don't feel like a lot of people get is the head coach job is, I mean, unless they're just a guru like Kyle Shanahan or something like that, they usually aren't involved in play calling They, yeah. you know, they make the important decisions like, Hey, like, are we going for this in this situation? Hey, like, are we going to be able to do this? But they, they set the tone the of calls. organization, like how to schedule everything, what we're doing, what we're doing in OTAs, all that kind of stuff, who we're trying to develop, who we're focusing right. around. Um, so I, once again, I go back to my rule of, I don't touch the games that have the lines or the jets because this has, this has everyone putting money on Minnesota when because Detroit absolutely just wet themselves last week. And this is a perfect opportunity for Detroit to come back and cover the eight to ten point spread. So I just don't trust it. I think Minnesota will and should win this game just because I don't think that Detroit is going to be able to keep up the pace of scoring with the Vikings. But we saw a lot of just ugliness. Uh, from the Detroit Lions in the red zone last week, where if they clean up half of the issues that they had, this is going to be a good football game. But if they don't, then the Vikings are going to blow them out of the, of the stadium. So I, I just, I 
I feel like this is a game where the Detroit Lions could clean up some of the mess, but I'm not going to bet on it. So the Lions went into the red zone three times last week and walked out with no points. So that I mean that is a good point. That I mean you, you just you have to think that you can't do that twice in a row. You ha- you have to think that. But Jared but once Goff, again, the, it's the Lions are endless. So I'm not a big Jared Goff guy. So no, I do love. Uh, I I do think this is going to be another great game for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook is back for sure. I think he uh, got past the injury last week. So if Dalvin's playing, I think that this uh, this offense is going to be full force against this weak, weak Detroit defense. Yeah, I would go with uh, the Vikings money line for sure if you're going to bet anything on this game. Uh, but I, I, have, I have a strong feeling the Lions get it back to recover here. Let's move on. Uh, Saints at Washington, the Washington football team. Uh, hosting the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a two-point favorite on the road, over-under is 43-and-a-half. My boy Taylor Heineke going to put it on the show again? Uh, I think that – I think the Saints' defense is pretty good. I think that you're going to see a bounce-back game from – I mean, based on the year. I mean, I'm, they year? haven't been – this year and the end of last year, you know, these, these players are going to go out and play – uh, yeah, they had a, a terrible loss last week, uh, but I think that you can attribute some of this of just the offense. You know, whenever you continue to put your defense on the field, three out, three out, three out, your defense is going to get tired. You're going to allow points scored. And I think that's what the Saints team is just falling falling into. So you got to see some improvement from Kyler's MVP pick of Jameis Winston for this team to have success. If Jameis Winston can keep the offense on the field, then the defense will be able to do its job. Hey, I mean, I, day. I like the, <laughs> I like the pick. I, uh, I think as well that the, the secondary is something the Washington's has to figure out. You know, like uh, I think the their secondary is god awful. Like I'm it's not the pass sure. rushers again to the, to the quarterback. I mean, but hey, you got to give somebody some help. Like you know, they thought that they were just going to be able to sit there and rush that front seven, and that front seven's not getting home. Get back there and give them some help. Like. Your first round draft pick was a linebacker who's a cover who was a coverage linebacker at Kentucky. Like he can do it. Like, but you switched his scheme and you wanted him rushing yeah. up the middle to add another person. So I mean, I think that you got to get back there and give him some help. Those guys are young, and Landon Collins cannot cover. Like he, you know, bring him down in the box if you want anybody to cover or want anybody to rush the passer. But uh, I think that the the Saints will end up coming out with it. I do love Taylor Heineke in this game. I think he's going to throw for a couple touchdowns and a couple hundred fifty yards. So I, I do. Love, he just he gets it done. He knows how to play football. He does what it takes. He's just yeah. one of those. He's just he's one of those guys. You know, he's just a guy's guy. I'm trying to remember where I'm trying to remember where I heard this, and I don't want to. I'm I'm trying not to steal it from another podcast. But God damn it! Well, where did I hear it? I think Josh has a crush. They said he's the young, <laughs> he's the young Matthew Fitzpatrick. I don't know about that. Hey, this he's guy's athletic. athletic. So is Matthew. So Matthew Fitzpatrick, young, was athletic. This man is. Have you seen him play football? That man has no fear in the world. He's absolutely crazy out there with the football. I must be blanking. Who is Matthew Fitzpatrick? I think he's Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry. Oh, Ma- I was like Matthew Fitzpatrick. Is, Matthew Fitzpatrick is a stud golfer. <laughs> Well, I just – I don't like the comparison. I think Taylor Heineke is more of like a uh, – I don't even know. Uh, he's 
All right, come on, guys. We're spending 10 minutes on the Saints and the Washington football team. What are we doing? Because it's Taylor Heineke. So he came in, almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. This kid did not deserve this much air time. And I think he just called him. I think he just called him Tyler Heineke. It's Taylor. I said Taylor. I said Taylor. Okay, okay. Taylor Heineke. Let's move on to something Cole's, Cole He's can be interested in. He's going to break up with you, Josh. <laughs> Go ahead. Something Cole can be interested in, Green Bay at Cincinnati. Cole, Green Bay is only a three-point favorite. The over-under set at 51. Um, Green Bay's defense has allowed more yards than the offense has produced this season. That's but, surprising. I mean, that's been so like has the Cincinnati. last 10 years. So <laughs> Cincinnati has two, so this uh, could be a shootout. Don't you agree? I do. I do. I do think that, uh, you know, Joe Burrow was my pick as like a breakout player this year. I really felt like there was a stat that I saw that I went hard on him in fantasy. I bought him in my, you know, my auction leagues. I bought him in. I drafted him in all my snakes, everything. Uh, I really feel like Joe Burrow is going to take a step forward this year. But the stat I saw was he threw six straight games last year for 300 yards, no picks and two touchdowns as a rookie. Mm -hmm. And I, I could not believe that was actually, like, as a rookie, you walked into the, the NFL and you just did that. And so, like, that was pretty impressive to me. Uh, you know, he had a few things earlier in the year that he, well, he was working through in the first game. But, you know, they're on a roll. They're 3-1. and one. Uh, Really like him. I think that he's probably going to dice our secondary up. But we do have the man, the myth, the legend, the, you know, the goat of all goats. I don't care what anyone says. Jordan Love. Uh, no, Jordan Love can sit on the end of the bench until it's his time, but uh, and his time is nowhere near. Aaron Rodgers will always have my trust, always have my faith, and I will love him until the end of the day. You heard it from a co from a part owner of the Packers, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers uh, is getting the start over Jordan Love this week. Huge, huge development coming into the podcast. God yeah. bless. Um, so awesome. I I want to I want to pick at the Joe Burrow stat a little bit. The impressive part to me on that stat is the no interceptions part mm -hmm. uh, because 300 yards and two touchdowns, Joe Burrow had to do that every game because the Cincinnati Bengals were losing by three touchdowns in every game. That's so if he didn't throw 300 yards, they would have just gotten blown. They would have looked like the Jaguars and the Jets have looked. So yeah. I guess kudos to him for being better than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson has been this year so far. So, um, But I agree. I think Joe Burrow will probably – scorched the Green Bay secondary a little bit. Uh, Green Bay slowly starting to get it figured out, though, on both sides of the ball. They've uh, obviously played a lot better from the week one loss to the New Orleans Saints. So I think – so actually I saw a TikTok video, you know, uh, scroll to TikTok, and uh, this guy was putting out the stat that uh, – I'm, I'm a millennial. So uh, <laughs> this guy put out a stat. He was, in, he was a boomer for sure. Uh, he put out a stat that bet on teams that did not cover the week before, but the team they played did cover. Let down I think week. is how he put it. What? A letdown week. Yeah, so just kind of flip-flopped those, and there's six of them this week, and the Bengals plus three are one of the games. So I will take the Bengals covering the spread plus three even though it scares the crap out of me because I think the Packers are one of the best teams in the National Football League. Okay. I don't know who I'm going with here. I mean, it's a three-point line for Green Bay. I, if Vegas knows best, you know, go ahead and give me Green Bay minus three. I think it's. I think that's the safe pick. Uh, I close, think though. 
I also think that if you're a fantasy person, that Aaron Jones is going to have a phenomenal week. I think he's even going to get some pass catching work. Uh, you got to watch out for Joe Mixon whenever you listen to this. Make sure that you are monitoring the Joe Mixon injury status to get him in or out of your lineup for Sunday. That is a very important call because uh, if he does not play, it'll be a committee approach between Samaji P. Ryan and the rookie Evans. So be watching that. I think uh, I think T. Higgins is finally back in the lineup, so I could be wrong. But um, if he's not, be watching for Tyler Boyd to get another 20 points on your fantasy team finding the end zone. Jamar Chase uh, struggled in the preseason, but he's actually looked good now that the season started. He's uh, come away with quite a few touchdowns, looking like one of the better rookie offensive players. Broncos Steelers. Uh, this is in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. This is even money. 39 and a half is the over under. Uh, it's going to be beautiful weather. So, I mean, this is a pretty low under, over under, huh? No, because the, both the offenses are hot garbage. The Steelers offense did nothing against Cincinnati Bengals and then comes out and says, we're going to do the same thing next week. And you know what they did? They didn't do anything again. And now they're coming out a week later, going to do the same thing against a great Denver secondary, and they're going to put up no points again. I think the, the, only... one, thing that, I think the one thing that blew me and blew my mind is anyone who's watched the Packers over the last 10 years, honestly, like you have to see that the Packers have never been able to stop the run. Like that's something that the Packers, like even when Colin Kaepernick ran all over them and the Steelers walked in there and they just completely, they said, yeah, we drafted this dude for, in the first round, but we're going to dump it off to him 19 times to throw pass. So I think that they're just completely tr- like, they think that passing is the only way to do anything Yeah. and they won't feed Najee. And so no, until they no. learn that, that until they learn that, I don't think that there's going to be any difference in their outcome because they ha- they can't do anything over five yards. So it's just, everybody's yeah. just bringing everything down because Ben can't throw past five yards. And, you know, like if he can't throw past five yards and you can just stack the box all day long, then I guess we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Exactly to your point, they're, pass, they're 30th in the league in pass average at 6.1 yards, but they're second in the league in pass attempts, but last in rushing attempts and last in rushing yards. Right. So the stats completely just back that whole thing. So, yeah, yeah I, I think mean, they're looking to avoid three in a row, three losses in a row. And actually, guys, here's a hot take. I think this is the Broncos' chance to woo Aaron Rodgers. I think the Broncos that? are. I think the Broncos are are past the the race for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think that they. Think John Elway wants another Peyton Manning esque guy in there. For Can we couple please stop years trying or? to get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay <laughs> and just keep the man where he's at? Like, good lord. I think that the Denver Broncos did what they did for a reason. Teddy Bridgewater is obviously the seasoned vet, but I, I think that they are going to be just as happy with Drew Locke with his moxie and non-throwing ability, but he has moxie, so that's the important thing. They he's, will be happy with him. He's really fun to bet on. The Broncos' defense is good. I've got the Broncos' money line all day. I What was the over-under again, 39? Yep, and a half. I'm I'm probably taking the under. Um, um, there's no probably. I'm definitely taking the under. I just don't think there's going to be that many points scored. Uh, this will be a this will be a under bet that I put in one of my smaller parlays. And if it hit, if it if I don't hit, I just won't feel bad about it because I'm putting my trust that these offenses are just garbage. Right. Final score prediction: seventeen thirteen. The Broncos win. That's not good. 
Dolphins, Bucks, Tampa Bay minus 10 over under is 48. This is at Tampa Bay. Uh, the Dolphins are 11th in pass attempts, but last in passing yards. Uh, so that's a red flag there. Um, opponents on the season have 500 more yards than the Dolphins through four games. That's also a red flag. Is Tua back yet? He is not. Then, oh, man, this is tough because, you know what? Give me the Bucks. They didn't cover last week when they should have against New England. They've got to cover, right? Yeah, hey, man. You know, the, the one thing with the Dolphins, the Dolphins' defense is what's costing them. Like, I mean, their their defense is what carried them all last year. They were pl- they were number one in turnover differential last year. Until that defense, until Brian Flores gets his defense, I think that they're just exposing how bad that offense really is. Last year, that offense was terrible, and they still went 10-6 and six, with that defense leading the points differential or the turnover differential in, this, in the whole NFL. If you, have a, if you can create turnovers and get your, def, your, your defense off the field and get it into the hands of your offense, you're going to score eventually. You just keep throwing darts at the dartboard, and that's how they won 10 games last year. Until that defense starts playing well again, then they're not going to win the games. Yeah, and the main problem is, Josh, and I mentioned this in the last game, it was the team I couldn't think of. It's a team that they only have two good cornerbacks, and it's Xavier and Howard and it's Byron Jones, and they're both really banged up that, coming into this week. And it, just throw to the third cornerback because it's a safety or a linebacker trying to cover one of your, you know, your your third option or your tight end and he, or your running back, and he's just too slow. He can't keep up with him, and it's a first down every time. And that's that's what teams have really just been actually picking on the Dolphins all year long for only having two good cornerbacks. Yeah, I just hope I don't see another temper tantrum like an infant toddler on the field from Jacoby Brissett again, just slinging his arms and feet because he got sacked or threw another interception. Like, you know what's going to happen, man. Just just be a man and walk off the field like everybody else. Be a professional. Any chance this is B-Flow's last year? No. 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 10-6 last year, his his second-year quarterback's banged up, not even playing – not a chance. You don't. You don't think he takes a takes a nice little defensive coordinator job back in Foxborough? No, not a chance. That's what uh, Bill O'Brien or what's his face did. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Patricia. No. Uh, well, yeah, him too. But he, he's he's a vending <laughs> he's machine a, filler up he's there. A but special yeah. assistant. <laughs> he's a janitor. But uh, <laughs> the the offensive coordinator. Well, McDaniel's uh, never left. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Cup of coffee. He actually did leave, and then he came back. <laughs> and yeah. then he came back. Well, left. I don't know that his office was ever even packed up. That's true. <laughs> he he, 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 he might have to get coffee real quick. I'll be right. Y'all, y'all uh, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like he left once, went to Denver, was Tim Tebow's. Uh, oh yeah, head coach. I, I forgot. And about then he that. came he back, did. and then he left again. But like you said, like he got to the train station, turned around, and said, "No, nah, I want to stay home." So he yeah. just didn't go to work that day. And then- I forgot about the the stint at the Broncos. That is, he did leave for a minute. Buccaneers money line in the under. What y'all think? Money line. I'm taking the under. Yep. All right. Eagles at Panthers. Carolina is a three point favorite. Over under is forty five. I mean, both these teams. I, this is. <laughs> This is a are you are you for real game? I think uh, both these teams are you any good? Well, I don't think that I don't think the Eagles have I mean anything to prove or a leg to stand on of being are you good? Mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't think the Eagles are good. I mean You're I agree, there. but you know I think that everyone needs to s- slow down on the Jalen Hurts hate. 
I think that Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Like, I listen to I, this man. Listen like, to this man. He shows nothing but poise in the pocket and holds it together and can run the offense. But I just don't think that they have the pieces. If you look around him, what is around him? You got Kenneth Gainwell. I had never heard the name Kenneth Gainwell before this it's season. A, it's a great name, though, huh? It, it is a cool name, but still, like. You know, I don't think Miles Sanders is utilized properly. I don't think that Dallas Goddard's utilized properly. I don't think that any of that, but that's not to his fault. That's, you know, but I think that their head coach is actually pretty good. Like, I think that he probably should just be an offensive coordinator, but I don't think that he should be a head coach. Because I think, me. I think this defense is a lot of the problem. Exactly. And, and it just screws the, I mean, it's kind of what you said about Miami, except the opposite, you know, the, the the defense is not good, and it just won't help the offense. The offense has a chance to be good. I think Jalen Hurts is a very capable quarterback. You know, ever all the Eagle fans I talk to right now are saying Jalen's not it. You know, he's not it. I'm like, I don't think Jalen's your problem. There's not very many quarterbacks you could throw back there and fix what you guys have. You know, and one thing that with Jalen is like – I get, the number one thing that I want from my quarterback is somebody who's going to take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, just take care of the ball for me. That's all I need. Unless you're Brett Favre, just take care of the ball. And Jalen will do that. Like, Jalen is calm, poised, and collected. And he has shown my number one concern with Jalen Hurts whenever it, it's the same thing with Tua. Those Alabama quarterbacks, is they're one-read specialists because they're surrounded by nothing but special guys. And so then Jalen went to OU. He mm-hmm. came down to earth. And Jalen has shown nothing but progression in his first season. And now I think him sitting behind Carson, Carson really helped him. And Frank Wright did too. Or you're not right Frank Wright, but Doug Peterson did. And you're right so, about him that being that one read quarterback, because if that first read isn't there, he takes off and he takes uh, off and yeah. runs. And that shows because he's the team's leading rusher with over 226 yards and a touchdown on 34 carries so far this season. And I mean, that, and that speaks to the wet, to the weapons or lack thereof that the Eagles have as well. Well, I think that also goes to what Cole said about the, just the lack of utilization of Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can't, you know, exactly. in your fantasy football league, if you're staring at Miles Sanders in the fourth or fifth round in a redraft league, you're like, well, I can't, I can't not draft Miles Sanders in the fifth round. So like, I'm going to take him because like they have to let him run right No, Nope. They just continue to not. And when th- that is the most confusing thing about this team, but the Carolina Panthers, I think are for real. I like what the Carolina Panthers are doing. I think this is going to be a good game for them. They just got the linebacker from. Yeah, but hey, uh, Carolina got uh, the cornerback from. Cornerback. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. Is he? He's still banged up, huh? Yeah, he'll well, be back till week seven. Yeah, but they and said that he's looking good in rehab. Looking really you see, good. You see, actually, John, go ahead. Go, no, what'd you say? Well, so the one thing and. Stick here. Stick with me here. Uh, the one thing I have with the Panthers is I think that the Panthers are a very good football team. Matt Rule, I think that he is actually a better NFL coach than he is a college coach, like mm-hmm. from everything I've been able to see. But uh, I think that they're about to go through some struggles and some growing pains because you saw it in the Dallas game. They ha- they can hang with whoever they need to hang with because they know how to utilize their weapons. They have a very good disciplined football team. Sam Darnold. As good as he is and the talent that he has, Sam Darnold may be in his fourth year, but he hasn't done his sophomore year of learning how to win. Right. Sam Darnold is still stuck in his sophomore year as a quarterback of that mentality because he never won in J- with the Jets. That first year, you're always expecting your rookie quarterback to you know, struggle through the lumps, and then you come back your sophomore year and you learn how to win. 
And I think that Sam Darnold's going to have to learn how to win this year because he was throwing punch for punch with the Dallas Cowboys, and then he just faded into the night last week. So here, here's my – I definitely understand the take, and I can appreciate it because I thought the same thing about Justin Herbert coming into this year. But I will say that the Carolina Panthers against the Dallas Cowboys did not have their offense. Christian McCaffrey did not play in this game, and they still went toe-to-toe with one of the stronger offenses in the league. Christian McCaffrey is this entire offense. You had Chuba Hubbard who came in and had a, a, a serviceable above-average or an above average to above-average game, but Christian McCaffrey is this offense, and he opens up so many things and does things that you don't get out of normal players. So I think that that, that offensive weapon is what really helps Sam Darnold be able to win some of these games because you legitimately can dump it down to Christian McCaffrey and just expect 20 yards of play. I, I hear you on that, and I, I, I get what you're saying. But in the same sense, I mean, they lost 42 to, what, 24? Was it 42 to 24, I believe? I mean, and it was 21 to tw- – it was 21 to 19, I think, at one point. And so, you know, they're going toe-to-toe with them, and they're ahead – and then Sam Darnold, you know, they figure they come back in, they make adjustments, and Sam Darnold doesn't adjust back. Hmm. So that's where I'm talking about, like, you know, he's got to take it a step further. You just you implemented your game plan perfectly, and you went toe to toe with them. But now you're going up against Dan Quinn, you know, a Super Bowl head coach that took its team to the Super Bowl. You know, you've got to then step up and say, hey, like, you you just punched me. Like now it's time to throw a haymaker. Like, so the, the only other reason I don't think that they're going to go through a, a period of struggle in the next few weeks is because this week they have the Eagles next week, the Vikings, the following week, the giants, then the Falcons, the Patriots, you don't play a really good team again until the Cardinals. And after the Cardinals, you have the Washington football team, then Miami, then the Falcons. Then you have two good teams in the bills and the bucks. But I mean, You've got a really good stretch of football that you should be winning a lot of these games and give yourself a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Like there's no like reason to Yeah, there's no reason <laughs> this Panthers team should lose to the Giants, the Falcons, the Eagles. Yeah, you should be and you're right and both of you were right, but I could see the the Panthers losing this game and everyone questioning if the if the Panthers were ever really good or not. But I'm taking the, I'm am t- taking the over on this. The Eagles have o- have averaged over 24 points a game, averaged over 400 yards a game. The Panthers have been p- putting up points as well. 45 is going to clear easily. Uh, what do you guys think on that? Ooh, 45. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take the over for that for sure. All and right, what was Carolina's? Uh, what was Carolina favored by? Three points. Yeah, give me Carolina minus three and the over. All right. Titans at Jaguars. Jaguars looking for their first win. They're at home. Tennessee is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Cole's already shaking his head. No, they're not going to get it. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. That's a ton of points. I'm going to bang the under on that. Uh, what do you think What do you think uh, is going to happen here, Cole? Titans bounce back? I don't know if the Jaguars are going to show up to, the, to play the game, honestly. like, Ooh. I mean, Urban Meyer, like after this whole Urban Meyer thing. Oh, yeah. The man got laughed out of the room. <laughs> like, I don't even know how you become a – like how do you show your face around the facility anymore now you know shod Khan's looking into law like into the legal matters of how they actually get out of paying him the extra five years on his contract per sources you know not my sources other sources but still if that's all the case and those are if there's smoke there's fire 
that's how I've always viewed it. You know, like if there's rumblings, there's some truth to it. Doesn't matter what you know, like really is the truth. There's just some truth around the situation. So I think that uh, you know, they're going to come in very unfocused, very disorganized. And Jacksonville is one of those teams that they didn't show a lot of discipline to begin with. They're very penalized. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just going to be a cluster. So I'm going with Tennessee, whatever the spread. I don't even know what the spread is, but just give me Tennessee. Isn't it crazy that uh, the owner's name is Shad Khan, right? It is. So his son is what, – what's his son's name? I something, don't know. Well, it's something Khan. He owns AEW, right? Uh, all, uh, all Elite Wrestling. Did not know that. Which is worth more than the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> really he bought his son only wrestling and now it is the it's it's it gets better ratings in wwe consistently that's like for the awesome. past for the past year takes money to make money man that's what and i've he, always and he has one of the biggest yachts in the look up look go ahead and do a google search for shod khan's yacht <laughs> go ahead go ahead and be amazed by it i don't know if you saw the the uh well, the Adam Sandler movie on Netflix where he was like a spy with Jennifer Aniston. That's oh, it. Oh, this was his? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what's the Burj Khalifa? There's a picture of it with the Burj Khalifa in the background. So that's pretty awesome. Wish I could just sell my yacht all over the world. All right, anyways, Tennessee minus four and a half. Josh, are they going to oh. bounce back? Uh, yeah, Tennessee's going to beat the Jaguars. Although – I do not like the Tennessee offense right now. It's struggling. I think A.J. Brown is coming back, yeah. which is, oh, is going to help. A.J. Brown is uh, – I think I, I, he's I, – I thought I saw he was practicing again. So He, he was practicing, but Julio, uh, Julio was out still. So. Yeah, but at least they have A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was – I mean, that's the focal point from Ryan Tannehill. That's where he's going to have to rely that and Derrick Henry running the ball. So, uh, I think the offense takes a little bit better of a step. But I actually – I mean – I know that Urban Myers is not the best head coach by any means. He is not good. We all know that he's not meant for this job. But I think that this story of the girl dancing on him has gotten so blown out of proportion. I get it. Your coach shouldn't be a distraction. But if this was a Gosh. player, we would not have heard about this. Well, like, we would have if he was – Josh, if it was Patrick Mahomes at Patrick Mahomes' pint house – and he had uh, some Urban Myers is him. not on the same level as Patrick Mahomes, though. That's it's completely different. It is completely different. Name of Urban Myers' wife come out, spoke, didn't say anything critical. This is way bigger of a story than it should have been. Sure. Obviously, Urban Myers is not a great coach, and it shows the dysfunction of the organization, which you don't need from your head coach. But I will say that this has been blown way out of what it should have been. I'd agree with you. I don't feel like it should have got as much airtime as it has gotten. I think that it's pure hypocrisy, though. You can't be asking for your players to be disciplined and everything like that and then go create a distraction. And another thing is, is supposedly the man didn't fly back with them on their team plane. Like, after their Thursday night loss, he said, yeah, you guys, uh, there's a plane about to leave out of here, and uh, I'll catch y'all on Monday whenever it's time to go back to practice. So he was going to just stay from Thursday night all the way, you know, till Sunday – in columbus and then fly back home i just you know i don't understand it i think that that's just a lack of discipline all right enough on urban meyer and all the hijinks he's been pulling down there in florida let's move on to the patriots and texans they're coming off heartbreaking loss they should bounce back here they are down there in houston nrg stadium um they're a non-point favorite on the road that's a little crazy the over under is 39 and a half uh do you think mac jones can cover the nine 
So here's my – I heard Cole say this earlier, those Alabama quarterbacks being the one-read quarterbacks, and Mac Jones is definitely the exception. Mac Jones is, like I said in the last episode, he looks like a polished veteran quarterback going through his progressions, going through the reads, sliding out of pressure, sensing and feeling the pressure when it's coming. Mac Jones is the best right now, the best rookie quarterback from this class. Uh, I, I have to believe that Bill Belichick will cover the nine-point spread. I have to believe that because this Houston Texans team is not good Davis Mills is not a good quarterback. He's going to be throwing all kinds of defensive schemes at a rookie quarterback. He just did it to Tom Brady, kept Tom Brady out of the end zone. He has to do the same thing to – I think his name is Davis Mills. He has to do the same thing to to the Mills rookie quarterback. He's going to get him flustered. He's going to make him make mistakes. Probably two interceptions at at the low side. I'm taking the Patriots all day long. The Houston Texans just – after Bill O'Brien blew everything up, Deshaun Watson's not playing. It's just showing how bad this team really is. Couldn't agree more. You know, uh, there's holes all over. I think Nick Casario is going to be a very good uh, GM. I think that uh, they're going to end up firing their head coach right now, like later down the road. I think he's a two-year stopgap filler. They're going to fire him down the road. And then, uh, you know, they're recouping their picks now. Casario will actually have a first-round pick this year. Davis Mills was their first pick, and he was in the third round. So, you know, and they completely did that. Davis Mills would have went to the fifth round if they hadn't have done that. But, you know, they felt like they needed to pull the trigger because of the Deshaun Watson situation. They're trying to get rid of Deshaun Watson when they figure that out. But for right now, 100% agree with you. Belichick's if he just held Tom Brady to 19 points, he's going to hold Davis Mills to 10 or oh. if somebody accidentally falls in the end zone. So 100% pound the Patriots. If Sean McDermott did that to Davis Mills last week, yeah, this is going to be a very, very ugly showing for the Texans this week. And I'm a little scared. Well, I will the... also – I, I will say that that Bills team is a lot better than this Patriots. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, the unders for, for sure going to hit – for sure hit, hit the minus nine if Davis Mills does start. Um, any any update on Tyrod? Is he ever coming back? No. I haven't seen it. No, I don't think I so. so. What was that, that guy? What was that over-under, Kyler? Uh, 39 and a half. Oof, yeah, that's definitely the under. But I, I agree with you, Cole. Tyrod Taylor, man, that guy, I think that this he Houston, Texas team would have been actually able to compete a little bit more if Tyrod was still a the quarterback. They won their well, first another, game with him. You know, and like with Tyrod, that's one of those things that I, he hits the first check mark. He turned the ball over. And Tyrod does not turn the ball over. Now, there's the reason that what makes, you know, and I know I'll always go back to the Packers, but what makes Aaron Rodgers so great is Aaron Rodgers don't turn over the ball, and Aaron Rodgers can do anything that anyone else can do on the field, except for what Lamar Jackson can run. But, you know, that's an exception. Uh, Tyrod Taylor got put on IR 16 days ago, and there's not been an update. So there's that. No when, no hope for the Houston Texans. And when he went out in week two, he was uh, 10 for 11 at the time. So uh, that was a big, big break for the Texans season this year. But uh, the Pats defense has been – I mean, they're top five this season, points allowed. Uh, their defense averages under two points a lot, uh, per possession. And the Texans have had under 50 rushing yards the past two games. So I'm not good for the Texans. Definitely. Hit Patriots, the Patriots did get rid of uh, – we talked about it earlier, but the Patriots got rid of Stephon Gilmore – I, I told Kyler this when we were talking on the phone call. I said that the Bill Belichick saw that one week of uh, J.C. Jackson covering Mike mm-hmm. Evans and said, you know what, I'll take the kid, and just got rid of Stephon Gilmore. 
You know, I think he's been trying to decide with what he wants to do with Stephon okay. Gilmore. Because the Patriots, for two years now, the Patriots have never paid anyone. You know, they've let Chandler Jones walk. They let Trey Flowers walk. They've let, yes. you know, superstar after superstar walk over the last 20 years because of money. And uh, they actually never did what the Seahawks ended up screwing up and doing. You know, they never actually paid Brady. And so Brady always took less because Brady mm-hmm. did it for the team. And he all he valued – well, and his wife made a crap ton of money. Yeah. And they didn't really need it. So he saw it as a competitive advantage. He figured why, might as well. So I told Calder this is uh, too earlier today. It was a thought I had. The, the Patriots did this whenever Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe after that year. They retooled the entire team. They changed the entire roster. And that's what we saw from the New England Patriots and free agency. They were the highest – spending team and free agencies they dropped a ton of money on a lot of these guys so you know the new england is retooling their roster i think that they're trying to get some younger guys on both sides of the ball that that will take less money because they want to go play for bill belichick in the system have a chance to win a ring and i think that they're truly going to try and develop mac jones into the next tom brady and the next franchise quarterback for new england to take them to six more championships so i think that we're not done seeing the retooling of the roster but this is a team that is going to go through some growing pains together, but I think that this core that we're seeing right now, the core of it is going to stick together for a while, and we'll see some really good young additions in the next couple of years. And just to build off that just a little bit more, the Patriots' losses have not been like – they're not ugly losses. They're learning Mm -hmm. losses, you know, and it's it feels like they're – it just feels like they're building, so – same thing with the Mac Jones interceptions. I feel like he, they're, 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 he learns from all of them. They're, they're rookie mistakes, rookie throws. But uh, uh, here's a question: Who, who's the Houston? Who's Houston's best receiver? Brandon Cooks. Where did he used to play? New England and the Chargers and Hammer, the Saints. I think Hammer, he played for the Saints. For Hammer yeah. the minus That's where nine. That's he started. <laughs> Hammer the minus nine. Brandon Cooks is going to have no catches in this game. No catches. Oof. <laughs> Davis Mills is going to be in trouble. I mean, that I agree with. I mean, and let's not forget about something else. Even when Deshaun Watson was a quarterback, we I think we forget how good Deshaun Watson really was and is because that man literally had no offensive line to protect him. He ran for his life every game, and he was barely upright. So he, you try to throw a rookie quarterback to that same situation who's not as good as uh, – I just completely space forgot his name. Deshaun Watson, not as good as Deshaun Watson, and you're just not going to have success. So this team, before, you can't put the blame on Mills, but he just doesn't help the situation. I agree. All right, these teams are boring. Let's move on to two more boring teams. Actually, one of these teams might be interesting later on in the year. Las Vegas Raiders, they are home facing the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, getting the start officially. Josh, how do you feel about that? Las Vegas is five-and-a-half-point favorite over under. Uh, it's about time. About time. It's about time Justin Fields got the start. I didn't know when it was going to happen. Kyle, you and I have been uh, doing some predicting on that from the first couple of weeks. Uh, I think we had week three or four as the week that we thought he would come in and start starting. So we were pretty close on that. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, but I think that Justin Fields may be in a good spot because this Raider. Oh, yeah. See, this is not good. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, they're not practicing. The Raiders' defense is, is severely banged up. The one thing that you can't do against the Raiders is run. Uh, mm-hmm. They have such a good defense in the front. Uh, I mean, Max Cross, 
Max Crosby. Max Crosby, uh, Nasib. I mean, all these guys are just really good on the defensive line. They're not going to let you run the ball. Uh, so I, I think that there's a chance for Justin Fields to find some success running the ball, getting scrambling outside of the pocket. I think this game is going to completely come down to the game plan that Matt Nagy draws up for Justin Fields. Is he going to allow him to get some play action? Is he going to allow him to move the pocket and, and actually have success doing what he's good at? Or is he going to make him stand in the pocket and get hit over and over and over and, and not give him a chance to succeed? We know that this Raiders team can play with anybody in the second half. The first half, you never know what you're going to get. But Derek Carr looks like an MVP in the second half of a game. So Derek Carr is going to do what Derek Carr is going to do. This game is going to completely depend on the offensive game plan from the Chicago Bears. I think these next four games are going to be really important for Matt Nagy. You know, like the seat's never been hotter, but I think that the seat, like people, you know, like they said, he's backed up into a corner before the season. Dude, like these next four games are going to decide because now you just committed. Like you committed to what you said, hey, give us one more year because we're in a prime position to go get somebody and give me a guy that I feel like I can make right, you know? And so – I don't see it happening, but I think Matt Nagy's probably going to get fired within the next four games. Uh, if he makes it to the end of this year, I'm absolutely shocked. I mean, David Montgomery is out this game, and yep. I think that I think that's going to save him. I think that's the only reason he he, don't, he won't get fired after this week. I, I don't think that he's going to get fired after this week, but I do think that John Gruden and them, if it wasn't in Vegas, if it was like I don't feel like the Raiders travel yeah. well, but uh, I think that John Gruden and them will. You know, I think that John Gruden will pull it out, honestly. I, I think, think they that win. they have a really good team. I think that the Raiders win. Oh, I, I thought you were saying the Bears win. I'm sorry. No, the Raiders. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that. I think the Raiders will also win, but I just – it's going to be an ugly game. I just – Derek Carr is going to have to throw, like, three touchdowns, and Justin Fields is going to have to move around the pocket. I mean, if he doesn't, he's just going to get obliterated. Five and a half in the over. No. What's the over? Uh, 44. No, I'm not betting the over with Chicago. I don't bet the over with the Raiders. They don't know how to blow people out. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes that oh, makes yeah, for true. good. That, sometimes that makes for good games. You know, you're just back and forth scoring. Sometimes that uh, that's how the over gets hit. But it, it kind of reminds you of the Panthers. It's kind of play to their competition, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But I, I really think that this Raiders team week one was the best that it has been because their defense was at full strength, and that was legitimately a really good defense we saw against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not just saying that because they played the Ravens close, uh, but I, I think that it was the best that this defense has been. So it's just been downhill from the key injuries. But I think that John Gruden and Derek Carr also will be able to pull it out. I do think that this running game from Chicago is going to get – I mean, it's just going to hurt. You're running out Damian Williams, and I just don't have any faith that he's going to be able to do anything against this front seven. Moving on, Cleveland. Which, wait, which one of these teams did you think was going to be interesting later on? Uh, the Raiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not right, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. 2030, <laughs> talking about the Bears. They're going to need, they're gonna need a, lot, a lot to happen. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Chargers. Uh, this is, I think it's going to be a big bounce back game. I think this is another team that plays to their competition, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think this is going to turn into a shootout. The over is 47. The Chargers are a two-point favorite. Uh, and like I said, this is in Los Angeles. Uh, so, Cleveland traveling. Uh, that'd be east, west? west? West. 
See, we got our directions down here. So what do you guys think? Pound the over. Over. More than 47. Yeah. I like that pick. Pound oh, the over. 47? Oh. I'm a, Miles I'm a Barrett's big, questionable. I'm a big Herbert guy. I think that, uh, you know, I do like the Cleveland defense a lot, but I think that the Chargers have been doing a really good job on protecting Herbert. So, yeah. uh, the uh, I like the Chargers offense. I like Herbert. I like Austin Eckler. I feel like he just causes problems and causes mismatches. So uh, I think that they're going to be a lot of bubble screens. I think Austin Eckler, if there's a, if you've got a same game parlay, Austin Eckler for plus fifty receiving yards is a good one too. So go ahead. Yeah, that's a nice shot there. I think uh, before you go, Josh, is it, I think this is going to be something similar to the uh, KC versus Chargers game we saw just a couple weeks ago. It's going to you know, between first one to thirty points wins. Uh, I'm actually this is my favorite game of the week. I'm very excited for this game. I also think it's going to be a shootout. But I think that the Chargers are going to cover the two points. I think that whenever I say it's going to be a shootout, I think that Baker is just going to have to be chunking the ball and doing whatever he can to just come back on this game. I don't think – I mean, I think that the Chargers offense is going to continuously score. Uh, Austin Eckler looks really good. I'm trying to uh, pull up the uh, reception or the receiving yards right now for – uh, Austin Eckler, it's 39 and a half. I'm slamming the over. Austin Eckler is going to get 70 to 80 yards receiving easily on this team. Um, the Chargers just look like a complete team right now. Brandon Staley is a great coach. Kevin Stansky is too. Uh, but I'm just going to go back to what I keep pounding the drum on about the Cleveland Browns. As long as Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field, Baker Mayfield is going to force feed him the ball, and it's going to create turnovers, and it's going to cause three and outs. That is not the success of winning football. You can run Nick Chubb and you can run Cream Hunt all you want. This is a decent Chargers defense. That's going to be the game plan. The game plan is going to be to make Baker Mayfield beat you, and I just don't think he can do that with OBJ on the field. The, the chemistry is not there. The connection is not there right now. I'm taking the Chargers. Nicole, I that gonna, causes dysfunction, honestly. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, Cole, what, so what's going on there? I, I've heard things this week, you know, maybe Odell or maybe um, Baker isn't used to these double moves that – Odell is, you know, hitting on these routes that, you know, he's just a little too short. He can't see over the offensive line. He He's you, not. Uh, so what's going on? You know, like, I, I really feel like it just comes down to exactly what Josh hit on chemistry. Like, there is a connection you can you can get, much like a second baseman with a shortstop or, you know, a point guard with his center or, you know, you can make a million references. But if you've played sports, there's people you play with that you're just like, I like playing with that guy. He might not be the best, but I like playing with that guy because me and him can just feed off each other. Mm. And, you know, you see it with QB combos all over the league. You know, for some reason, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill have one. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey have one. You know, Tom and Gronk have one. Like, all of those types of people have one. And, you know, these quarterbacks put in these works. Aaron and Devontae – Devontae, when Devontae makes a move, Aaron knows the ball, and Devontae will just be there. It's mm-hmm. it's very weird. It's very odd, but he doesn't. He never looks back for the ball, but Aaron has it right there in his pocket waiting because he knows where he's going to be. And I just have never seen that with Baker and Odell. I think that there's ego problems. I think that both of them won't put their egos aside because we know that Baker has one. We know Odell has one, and they won't put, just grind it out and make it work. One thing is, though, the uh, the Chargers have been susceptible to the run all season long. And, Josh, you mentioned that the the, the Browns do have the two-headed monster in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to carry the workload. And, I mean, they're averaging 177 yards this season. They could easily eclipse that. Nick Chubb's a god. 
Yeah, I mean, they could definitely do that. Kareem Hunt's been a pass-catching machine. I mean, you know, this the running offense from the Cleveland Browns has been very good. Don't, don't get me wrong. But eventually, the running game is only going to take you so far. You're going to have to throw the ball in the NFL – and if I'm if I'm the Chargers, I'm selling out on the run. I'm doing everything I can to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the ground, and I'm making Baker Mayfield beat me. And I just don't think that in a battle between Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert, I don't think Baker Mayfield keeps up. Yep. I think the Chargers outlast him in a shootout. Yep, I agree with you there. Giants, Cowboys. I'm excited for this game. Are the Cowboys for real? Uh, they're a seven-point favorite at home. 52 is the over-under, 52. It's a lot of points. Uh, Zeke Zeke looked all the way back last week. So uh, who do you guys got here? I'm going to take the Cowboys. It's a divisional game, and the Cowboys are always kind of sketchy when this happens. So, I mean, it makes me nervous. Um, the Giants could rattle off two in a row, but I just don't think so. I think the Cowboys right now are uh, looking the best they have in a long time. They're kind of peaking right now with Dak. Dak has saying, you know, I don't want the comeback player of the award. I want the MVP award. Can you turn them into two so I don't have to carry two out? Can you just make it easier for me? I want it all. And Dak looks really good. Amari Cooper looks really good. Kyler, we talked about this before the game last week. CD Lamb with those drops mm-hmm. and look at him, you know, not getting as much action, not getting the targets that he that everyone thought he was going to get. And I don't know if the drops had anything to do with it, but he was not as involved in the passing game. I think that changes this week. I, I think that you'll see CD Lamb and Amari spreading out. Uh, targets again the biggest surprise to me on this Dallas offense has been the use of the tight ends I did not expect Dalton Schultz to get the usage that he's gotten but I just don't know that I trust the Giants defense to be able to slow the Cowboys offense down Um, I trust Daniel Jones to put up points I think that Daniel Jones is a very competent quarterback he's taking the the third year leap Uh, he's maybe a fourth year now, but he's taking the third year leap. I think he's uh, got an 89 QB uh, rating right now. So I'm all in on Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be able to score points. I just don't think he's going to be able to keep up with what his defense is going to allow. Yeah. Three weapons still injured too. I think that, uh, I, you know, like Josh said with divisional games, I don't like divisional games. Like that's one of the reasons why I didn't take the, uh, the Vikings or the, the Vikings spread. I took the Vikings mm-hmm. money line, but uh, I do think that the Cowboys money line is a perfect play. I can see a 27-24 game easily, but uh, you know, I don't think that Daniel Jones is a long run. I'm going to need him. I think that he actually takes away from Saquon. I don't. I think that uh, you know he doesn't allow Saquon to be Saquon, and for better or for worse, because Daniel Jones, like, they have to be worried about him running. So then that leads to the RPOs and all of those such things that they're trying to implement with Daniel Jones. And while he is dangerous, it's the only way that Daniel Jones can get anything open down the field because I don't see him consistently making tight window throws, throwing people open, things of that nature. So uh, I don't know. I think that uh, he is playing better than he has. He's not fumbling, which is nice. (laughs) As this podcast uh, local Daniel Jones fanboy, I'm I, I'm gonna go ahead and blame this on the scheme more than I am Daniel Jones and uh, and uh, Saquon not really gelling yet. And it's still coming off the injury, of course, of uh, off the ACL. And uh, you know we're still gaining, gaining some chemistry. But I, Daniel Jones, I mean, I, he's an athlete. I think again, I, I told Josh this a couple episodes ago. I think it's the sleeves. If he, if he wore some tighter sleeves, he, he'd look faster. 
I think I, I'm going to go back with what Kyler said a second ago. Lack of weapons, uh, lack of those weapons being able to get open. Uh, I, I think that that's a real problem. You know, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard looked really good in the first two weeks this year. So not, you know, you're throwing to guys like Darius Tony, uh, James Collins, I think is the other guy's name. I mean, your, your weapons are not now. the same right now. So, uh, and Saquon is just, you know, Saquon's been every week he's gotten progressively better. So I think that Saquon's still just integrating back into the offense. They were trying to get his rep count up. Saquon's all the way back. Saquon's going to bust out against the Cowboys. They do have another win that isn't on their record too, because that win, that game against the Washington should have been a win. So that's, that's a fact. fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they missed the field. <laughs> Can't forget about that. But that's why you play the games, Cole. That's why you play the, you games. play the games. All right, what's next, Keller? Next is Josh. This is my team. I mean, this is my Super Bowl pick. The only undefeated team left in the NFL hosting the Arizona or the. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be hosting the 49ers of San Francisco, the St. Glendale, Arizona. The, the over-under is 49. Arizona's a five-point favorite. Kyler Murray, already over 1,200 yards for the season, well on his way to an MVP. Chase Edmonds looking fantastic. I imagine Trey Lentz get, gets a start in this game, though. Yeah, I think I mean, so. Go ahead. Uh, I think that, you know, like – this was another game. Honestly, with all of the spreads this week, I did not like any of the spreads. They, uh, I felt like the spreads were very bad like, slate. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad one. Last week there was a lot of great ones. Really, it was. But uh, this week, this was one of those ones that I still just do not trust this Arizona football team. Like you know, last year I think I'm hoping that Kyler Murray finally you know came into his own and in his third year it's time to go and it, it it's time to prove itself as one of the premier you know quarterbacks in the league but uh i still just can't buy into it with him and cliff kingsbury cool. i think i keep having texas tech flashbacks honestly with kingsbury but go ahead they're averaging 454 yards hey man i know but it's just scary you know like i just feel like texas one day tech they're gonna numbers. walk out there i know it's texas tech <laughs> numbers but texas tech also lost a lot of games <laughs> You know he was under 500 as a college coach. Exactly. That's why he's not there anymore. I will go – I will just continue beating my drum on the Arizona Cardinals. The offense is going to carry you. This defense is not that great. It's a mediocre defense playing with a fantastic offense. You guys say Texas Tech. I say it looks like the Oklahoma Sooners from 2019 and 2020. One of the, the best offense in the league, but a defense that's not going to stop you. So they just have to outlast you by scoring the football in every possession, which they do a lot of times. But I don't know. I You know, Cole, I used this uh, in our last episode. I think that the Cardinals are peaking too early. I think the same thing about the Bills. But I think the I Cardinals are just finding the stride too early. I, I think that they're going to eventually come into a stretch of bad games. I don't think that this is the game, though. I think that you're going to see Trey Lance get the start. You're going to be able to throw some things at a rookie quarterback. I will say that the 49ers are getting Trent Williams back this game, which is a huge upgrade, a huge boost for the offensive line, which will help Trey Lance out. But uh, Trey Lance did look like the shiftiest of all the rookies, so he's going to be able to move around and do a lot of things. But he's also going to see some things that he's never seen before from this Arizona Cardinals team. So I don't think that the 49ers are going to be able to keep up with the Cardinals. I think it'll be a very similar game to what we saw between the 49ers and the Seahawks where the Seahawks struggled out of the gate. The defense was kind of throwing things, and then Kyler Murray is going to end up just lighting the team up. Um, I think you said the over was at 52? Yeah, 49. 
I don't think it hits. I don't think the 49ers are going to score that many points. Debo is a monster. Debo Samuel is the only, you know, shining star on this uh, 49ers team consistently. So I don't think that over is going to hit. I think it, you're going to see like a 28-14 kind of game. Cardinals averaging 35 points a game this season. Something. Stand by my statement. I don't know. Just I mean, for, you don't think that you don't think they can score 14 points? Who the 49ers? Cardinals. Yeah. The Cardinals scored 35 and they score 14. That's 49. Yeah, isn't that a push? You think they score 15? No, they're definitely not scoring 15. They might score 17, but they're not scoring 15. I don't think that they score 17. I I don't think so. I think they get two touchdowns max, and I think the Cardinals are going to top out at 28 this game, maybe 31 with a field goal. Yeah, the lowest they've scored this season is 31. That was against Jacksonville. They won 31-19 last – of course, last week they blew out the Rams. Uh, There was one thing I was going to say about this game, but I'm forgetting it now. Oh, John, this is what I was going to say. Have y'all heard of a team called the uh, – uh, um, uh, remember a team uh, back in 1972? I don't remember back in my day, you know, the Miami Dolphins, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Um, Josh, you wear them? No. So they went undefeated, uh, won the Super Bowl, 17-0, then went undefeated in the playoffs. Do you think when they were 4-0, do you think people were saying they were picking too early? I think that was a different day back then. <laughs> I, I was just asking. I also just saw a stat where a team from like 60 years ago blew someone out by like 200 points. So yeah. I think it's a different era of football. Uh, I, I'm just, in, in the local, in the Miami Herald down there, do you think old Greg Cody or Dan Levitard, because he's probably, he was probably still writing back then. Uh, do you think he was, uh, do you think they're they saying they're uh, peaking too early? Uh, probably not back in the day. I, okay. I will stay. Uh, I, was, I was wondering. Uh, Sunday night football. Bills Chiefs, Bills at Chiefs. I'm so looking forward to this game. This game should be really, really exciting. Hopefully, it's not a dud. Kansas City, the two and a half point favorite. Over under is 56 and a half. Oh, it's going to be beautiful in Arrowhead, Kansas City, Missouri. 79 degrees at kickoff. Of course, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Who you got, Cole? These are the hardest ones to pick. <laughs> These are so hard. You know, there was a stat that I had. I don't remember. I'm. I think that in the last – it's like the last 19 games, the Kansas City Chiefs have only covered three spreads. It's like mm. three – they're three and 16 against the spread. Golly. So, you know, like they don't cover spreads. And with it being that close, they did cover last week though. Uh, but are the Chiefs going to go to two and three? Well, that's the other thing. You got all of these mixed signals. Like, I mean, 56 points for an NFL game is a lot of points, man. Like, that's a lot of points. But I'm going to go with the under, and I'm going to say that the Bills actually pull it out. I think that the Bills are a very good football team this year. Uh, Not me. It's going to hit the over. Kansas City is going to take this dub. Uh, It's going to be a shootout. Patrick Mahomes is going – him and Tyreek are going to get it figured out. Travis Kelsey back over 100 yards with the touchdown. Tyreek's going to have a couple of touchdowns. This team is going to try to double Tyreek. He's going to hit Kelsey underneath. McCall Hardman is going to have a great game. I just do not see Patrick Mahomes and company falling. Uh, Cole, I didn't tell you my third rule of betting in the NFL, but you never bet against Patrick Mahomes. That is just a – it's a golden rule, really. It's more important than the first two I told you. Uh, I just – I will never do it. I've been burned too many times. You don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is going to scheme some stuff up. The The Chiefs had a bounce-back game. They look good. The Bills have also been peaking too early. They look way too good. They're cocky. They're going to have to get taken down a notch, and then everyone's going to worry about 
if they're a legit contender and if they can beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to pretty much go undefeated for the rest of the year, and then they're going to be the favorites going into the playoffs to win the Super Bowl, which I hate to say, but that's just how it's going to be, and I think Kansas City Chiefs are going to take this game. This is the game all the way to the Super Bowl. Wow. This is a, well, this is a, no, they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they're just going to be the favorites once they hit the playoffs. Oh, okay. This Baltimore is a, Ravens is going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, Go ahead, guys. This is a classic letdown situation for the Buffalo Bills. In their past three games, they are 73 plus 35. They're outscoring their opponents 108 to 21. So they are in perfect position to have a letdown game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to come in here backdoor them and just like josh said i mean i let a little comment you said earlier uh cole you said nick chubb is god uh on this podcast we only refer to mr mahomes as god so uh, that's also false we've never done that. <laughs> he's going to he's going to move his team to two and three uh i like the kansas city chiefs at home here a fun fact on uh patrick mahomes and tyree kill they both scored their first college touchdown at boone Pickens stadium on a thursday night and patrick mahomes first start were you there i was Hey, there, where did you go? Yeah. What do you think about your Cowboys this year, by the way? Tell Spencer Sanders is gone. We won't do anything. Spencer Sanders does not know how to throw the football. So we, hey, but we've like evolved. Like our, you know, our rush. If we had this defense when Mason and them were st- were there, whenever my senior year, we would have beat OU that year. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. If that game was 65-55. We would have beat OU. We would have made it into the playoff and everything, but. You know, you, Cole, you're, you're you're like four or five big wins away from being in the national, being in the football play, uh, uh, the playoffs. Biggest game we have, is, I'm, dude. I'm not worried. By the way, Texas over OU, take that in all your parlays. Yeah, hundred percent. OU this weekend. Hundred uh, percent. Colts. Before, before we get to that parlay, Colts Ravens last game of the last game of the slate. This well, no, we'll, we'll well let's do the uh, let's do the Monday night game on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah so we're we're good with the NFL. Oh, yeah, we're done. So let's go ahead and uh, dive into it. Cole, do you got any locks of the week? Texas over OU is a definite lock in my give opinion. Give us three. One second, and I'll give you mine. Okay, while he's doing that, Kyler, I will give you my first lock of the week. My first lock of the week is going to be the under of the Denver Broncos and Pittsburgh Steelers football game. All right. So my first lock of the week is going to be the Texas or the Texas money line. I think that they do beat OU. Uh, my second lock of the week is going to be Michigan three and a half. It was two and a half earlier this week, but I and I got on it at two and a half, but now it's at three and a half. Michigan easily. Am I up? Yep. I've got Arizona minus five. Arizona minus five. Uh, I will go with my second one. Give me. Oh, I hate to do this. Actually, I don't. You know what? Give me BYU minus six over Boise State. I, I thought about that one as well. Oh my God! Give me Virginia Tech over Notre Dame. Is it me or is it Cole? I think it's for my third one. Uh, I'm gonna go with a wild card here. Under sixty and a half for the Vanderbilt Florida game. Vanderbilt is complete garbage, and Emory Jones hasn't thrown for over two hundred yards in a pass in a game, I believe, this year as Florida's quarterback. So. With that being said, I just don't see that that total getting over 60 points. Mm. But Vegas knows things that I don't. Uh, my third lock of the week is going to be the Chargers minus two. Sure, I like that pick a lot. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, over 66 and a half points. I know that's a lot of points. Both these teams are coming off a, off a letdown. 
Both sides of the ball did not perform up to the standards that they wished, but this is still a huge game in the SEC. Both these teams need this win. It's going to be a complete shootout, and I just want to see some points. So, Cole, with these locks of the week, we are going to uh, basically put me and Kyler against uh, whatever guests we have on each week. So if your locks of the week beat one of us, if you beat us 3-0 and and we both go 2-1, and something like that, if you beat one of us, we will have you back on next week to give us more locks. Uh, it may not be to preview the entire week, but we will have you on to at least give us uh, your locks until you uh, until you lose. So we will start that starting this week. So hopefully you have some good luck with uh, the Texas OU game on Saturday. With that, Kyler, before we get out of here, let's give everyone the four-leg parlay of the week. So we've got to pick two, just you and I, we picked two of our locks of the week for the four-leg parlay that will not miss. And they have to be different from what we just said or no? Or No, they don't have to be. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Pick your two. Uh, I'll, I will start with minus two of the Chargers. You can go ahead. I'm going to risk it, Josh. Virginia Tech over Notre Dame. That's going, okay. to, help, that's going to help the money line. That's going to help our parlay. We're going up. I will take the under of the Denver Broncos-Pittsburgh Steelers game. I've got under Bills-Chiefs. Okay, so we've got the under on the Bills and Chiefs, the under on the Denver Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chargers minus two, and what was your first one? Virginia Tech over Notre Dame. And Notre Dame falling. I love it. That is the four-leg parlay that cannot hit. Cole Jackson, part owner of the Packers, that cannot miss. Cannot Yeah, cannot miss. It will hit. It will hit. It will not miss. Cole Jackson, part owner of the Packers, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great episode. Always, guys. Thank you.